0: Well, hey there, it's Adam Schell, the pastor at Melbourne Heights, and welcome to our sermon podcast. And as this episode gets started, I can't help but wonder, what's the craziest idea you have ever had? Now, maybe you've been crazy enough to jump out of a plane or go on a spur-of-the-moment trip or try some wild food concoctions, but I'm betting that you haven't come up with an idea as crazy as the one we're going to be talking about in this episode's sermon. In this episode's sermon, I'm talking about some researchers who had the crazy idea to teach bees how to play soccer. That's right, they decided to teach bees how to play soccer. And believe it or not, that's not even the craziest idea I'm going to be talking about in this episode sermon. So let's get right into it. So a couple of weeks ago, I ran across an interesting article while I was doing a little bit of research to get ready for my small group. Now, all of our small groups here at Melbourne Heights, we recently finished up reading through the first five books of the Bible, of the Old Testament. I mean, one of those books, of course, is the book of Deuteronomy. And the book of Deuteronomy, it takes place right before the people of Israel get to enter into the Promised Land. And it was the description of the Promised Land that you find throughout Deuteronomy that kind of piqued my interest and got me into this researching And the Promised Land is often described as a land that is flowing with milk and honey. So I wanted to learn more about that. But as I was researching milk and honey, I kind of wandered down the rabbit hole, and I stumbled across an interesting article in Scientific America about bees. Okay, so milk and honey led me to looking into an article about bees. And this article talked about an experiment that happened back in 2017 to figure out what kind of learning ability a bee has. Now, unless you are an entomologist, you probably don't know this for sure, but bees have a brain that's about the size of a sesame seed. And with a brain that small, you wouldn't expect that bees would be able to learn very much. But this particular experiment wanted to know for sure what a bee's learning ability is. So, Ole Lucola, the lead researcher on this experiment, who's also a behavioral ecologist at Queen Mary University of London, came up with an incredible experiment. He decided that to see what kind of learning capability bees had, that he was going to teach bees to play soccer. You heard me right. This experiment was designed to teach bees how to play soccer. And as soon as I started reading this article, I just could not fathom how this guy actually got someone to pay for him to conduct this this research. You see, I have a little bit of experience teaching people how to play soccer. I coached YMCA soccer a couple of times over the years and I have found personally that it's almost impossible to teach five-year-olds how to play soccer. So the idea that there was a researcher out there that was going to teach bees how to play soccer, it sounded completely absurd to me. So I tried to imagine Dr. Lucola walking into the office of the chairman of his department at Queen Mary University to make his pitch. There he is wearing his nice white lab coat with his presentation board in hand. And on one side of that presentation board, there is a picture of a bumblebee. And on the other side of that presentation board, there is a picture of Pele, the greatest soccer player in history. And I can just imagine the look on the department chairman's face when Dr. Lucola got to his point, when he said, that he wanted to study bees' learning ability by trying to teach them to play soccer, and that he needed the university's funding for it. And I think the chair of his department probably looked something like this when the pitch was finished. Because, seriously, how does anybody have the nerve to walk in to their boss's office and ask for money to try to teach bees how to play soccer? And then I, I like to think that after he made the pitch and after the the face palm moment was over, that the chairman of his department looked at him and said, "Oli, Oli, Oli, didn't we just turn down your funding request to teach houseflies how to play cricket? Because seriously, have you ever heard of such a crazy idea in your life? Bees playing soccer." And then I started reading the scripture passage that we're going to be looking at this morning. And the whole idea of bees playing soccer didn't sound quite so crazy to me. So let me show you what I mean. Let me encourage you to go ahead and grab your Bible, and you turn with me uh, to Joshua chapter 6. Whether you've got a printed one like mine or an app on your phone, turn to Joshua chapter 6. Now Joshua's story, it takes place after God has released the Israelites from 400 years of slavery in Egypt. And it takes place after the same people, the people of Israel, have spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness, waiting, waiting to enter into the land that God had promised them. So in the book of Joshua, the people of Israel, they have finally entered into the land that God had promised them. They finally made it into the promised land. But it doesn't take long. It doesn't take long before they run into a pretty big problem. The people of Israel come across the city of Jericho, a city that is so fortified that people were literally able to live inside of the walls that surrounded the outside of the city, protecting it from outside invaders. And this is the very first city that the people of Israel come to after they've entered into the promised land. It is the first city that they have to conquer to start reclaiming this land that God has promised them. And there's not just this giant wall that's in front of them. Archaeological evidence tells us that the walls of Jericho were over 17 feet tall, over 6 feet thick, and if all of that wasn't bad enough, they were also surrounded by a moat that was 27 feet wide and 9 feet deep. So as the scripture passage that we're reading this morning begins, Joshua and the people of Israel... They are standing outside of these walls. They're standing on the other side of this 27-foot moat. And they know. They know that they need to somehow breach these walls so that they can begin to reclaim the land that God has promised them. The problem is that the people of Israel have no idea how to do it. But in Joshua chapter 6, God has an idea. So let's see what's, what God's idea is. We'll start reading in verse 2. Here's what it says. The Lord said to Joshua, Look, I have given Jericho and its kings into your power, along with its mighty warriors. So Circle the city with all your soldiers going around the city one time. Do that for six days. Have seven priests carry seven trumpets made from ram's horns in front of their chests, And on the seventh day, then walk around the city seven times with the priests blowing their trumpets. Have them blow a long blast on the ram's horn. As soon as you hear that trumpet blast, have all the people shout out a loud war cry. Then the city walls will collapse. And the people will rise up, attacking straight ahead. Did you hear God's idea? Did you hear it? The people of Israel are supposed to conquer the city of Jericho, and they're going to do that by walking circles around the city. They're going to walk in circles around the city, and then they're going to play loud music, and they're going to yell. That sounds completely crazy, right? The people of Israel are going to go around in circles, they're going to play loud music, they are going to yell, that is their war plan. If you went to one of the military academies in the United States today, they're not gonna teach you that war plan, cause it's nuts. But this is the plan that they are given. They are told to walk around the city in music, to walk around the city, to play loud music and to yell. That doesn't sound like a war plan. Do you know what that sounds like? It sounds like a game of musical chairs. God just taught the people of Israel to play a game of musical chairs, and they're going to use that to conquer the city of Jericho. But as crazy as it sounds, that's exactly what God tells the people of Israel to do. And there's something that I've learned after nearly 15 years in ministry. I've learned that there are times when following God seems crazy. There are times when following God seems crazy. And we're in one of those times right now at Melbourne Heights. Over the last few years, you know, two years ago, at the end of 2017, we had to make a hard decision. We had to make a decision that in order for us to continue to follow God's calling for us as a church, that we needed to sell this property so that we can relocate, so that we can really do the missions and the ministry that God has called us to do. And over the last couple of weeks, we have been finalizing that purchase agreement on our current property. So in a matter of a couple of months, we're no longer going to be meeting in the space. And that sounds crazy, right? I mean, we've been doing church here, right here at 3728 Taylorsville Road, for over 60 years. So thinking about leaving this place in order to continue to follow God, that sounds crazy. Now, maybe it doesn't sound trying to teach bees how to play soccer crazy or trying to knock walls down by playing musical chairs, but it still seems crazy. And even if that weren't enough, when we leave this space, we're not moving into another permanent facility. We don't have another building that's out there that is under construction. We don't have another building At all. When we leave this place, we are going to be meeting at the Marriott East, worshiping inside of a hotel's ballroom. And that sounds pretty crazy to us, too. For most of us, for most of us, most of our lives, we have never seen a church that meets anywhere that doesn't have a steeple on the roof. So it's hard to imagine going to a place to worship God that doesn't have pews that we can sit in or hymnals that we get to sing out of. The truth is, a hotel doesn't even have a traditional sanctuary that we're used to worshiping in. And since we've never seen church done this way before, it seems too crazy to work. When we think about it, we wonder, is this too crazy? Is this so crazy that new people aren't going to want to come in and worship with us? Is this so crazy that our church may not be able to grow since we're not going to have a permanent facility to plan in, is this so crazy that our future isn't really any brighter than our present? But there's something else that I need to tell you about Oli Lucola and the bees playing soccer, as well as about the walls around the city of Jericho. Now, as crazy as it sounds, when Oli Lucola decided to teach bees how to play soccer, he actually did it. He actually taught bees how to play soccer. And because I know you're not, you don't believe me when I say that, we have video evidence to prove this. So David, let's play the video. She's really good for moving the ball. Come on, Bee, you can do it. You won't believe who's playing the world's most popular sport. We are studying whether bumblebees can learn to play football. Dr. Oli Lukala is a behavioral ecologist who wants to know just how smart they really are. We are testing whether bumblebees can learn something really complex, something non-natural. Social bees like honeybees and bumblebees, they're really smart animals. They can learn complex tasks. They can remember a lot of things that's why it's really fascinating to study what they can learn okay so the bees aren't like wearing shin guards and playing traditional 11 on 11 soccer but those bees were putting a soccer ball into a goal so ali lucala's crazy idea it actually worked And do you know what happened when the people of Israel followed God's plan and they marched around the walls of Jericho playing music and shouting? Well, if you grab your Bible again and you look with me at Joshua chapter 6, starting in verse 15, I'll show you what happens. Joshua 6, chapter chapter 6, we'll start reading in verse 15. Here's what it says. On the seventh day, they, the people of Israel, they got up at dawn and they circled the city of Jericho in this way seven times. It was only on that day that they circled the city seven times, and the seventh time the priests, they blew their trumpets, and then Joshua said to the people, shout, because the Lord has given you the city. The city and everything in it is to be utterly wiped out as something reserved for the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute is to stay alive along with everyone with her in her house, and this is because she hid the messengers that we sent. But you, keep away from the things that God, that, that has been set aside for God so that you don't desire and take these things that are reserved, that would turn the camp of Israel into a thing that is doomed to be utterly wiped out and bring calamity on it. All the silver, all the gold, all the bronze, all the iron equipment are the holy, are to the Holy Lord. They must go into the Lord's treasury. And then, then the people of Israel, they shouted. They blew their trumpets. And as soon as the people heard the trumpet blast, they shouted out a loud war cry. Then the walls collapsed. After the people of Israel marched around in circles, after they played their music, after they shouted out, the walls of Jericho came tumbling down. The walls of Jericho came tumbling down. Down. so here's what we need to realize this morning. Just because something sounds crazy doesn't mean it's impossible. Just because something sounds crazy, it does not mean that it is impossible. Because when God is in it, nothing is impossible. And you may not realize this. You may have never thought of this before. But that's actually why God calls us to do things that seem crazy sometimes. God calls us to do these things that seem crazy just to show how great God is. I mean, think about it for just a minute here. When the walls of Jericho come tumbling down and the only thing that the people of Israel have done is walk around in circles and make noise, was there any doubt why the walls fell down? It wasn't because they had some sort of superior military strategy or might or intellect because they didn't use anything that anyone with superior military might or wisdom or intellect would have used. The walls of Jericho came tumbling down because God knocked them down. And there was no doubt that God was the only reason, the only way those walls would have fallen down. So God asked the people of Israel to do something completely crazy so that God could show the world who He is and how great our God is. And I believe that God's doing the same thing with our church. Because when you stop and think about it, over the last 60 years, our church has really had every reason to succeed. We have been in a prime location right off of an interstate on one of the busiest roads in the city of Louisville. And we've been in one of the most densely populated areas in the city for 60 years. So for an outsider looking in at Melbourne Heights, if our church was growing, it would seem easy to see why. It would seem like we just happened to be the right church in the right place at the right time. And that thinking isn't very glorifying to God. So instead, God's calling us to do something a little crazy. God's calling us away from a big steeple building on a busy road in a densely populated area, and God is sending us to a place that most of us sitting in this room would have never imagined going to church. And God is doing that to show what happens. To show that what happens at Melbourne Heights isn't about being in the right place at the right time. What's happening at Melbourne Heights is because of who God is, not because of who we are. And God has shown us, all of us, time and time again, how great he is. But here's what each of us has to decide. Here's what we have to decide. Are we crazy enough to follow God? Are we crazy enough to follow God? The people of Israel, they were crazy enough to follow God. And think about what was on the line for them. They are marching around the walls of Jericho. A fortified city is in an act of war. Their lives hang in the balance, and they are crazy enough to walk around in circles, to play musical instruments, to shout out loud, with this insurmountable wall in front of them, trusting that God would somehow make that wall fall. What about us? Are we crazy enough to follow God? Are we crazy enough to follow God into a hotel ballroom a few miles away from here to worship Him? Are we crazy enough to trust that God has brought us to the place that we're in For a reason. Are we crazy enough to trust that God will use us to show the world how great He is and to bring more people to trust and believe Are we crazy enough to do it? i got to tell you, I've been crazy enough to follow God wherever God has called me in my life. So I'm crazy enough to follow God where He calls me now. Now, maybe I'm not quite crazy enough to try to teach bees how to play soccer crazy. But I'm crazy enough to follow God wherever he leads me and wherever he leads us. So are you crazy enough to join me? Let's pray together. God, we thank you for this story of Joshua and the people of Israel as they march around the walls of Jericho. And God, even though this is a story that many of us have heard since we were kids, it doesn't change the reality of what happens in the story. God, the people of, of Israel did something crazy because you called them to it. You asked them to do this. And you made it work. God, you are calling our church to do something that seems a little bit crazy to many of us sitting in this place this morning. You're calling us to step out into faith, to walk away from the familiar, what we've known for so long, and to trust you as you lead in a new direction. And that's hard, God. But if you're in it, nothing is impossible. So God, allow us to be as bold and courageous in our faith as the people of Israel were. To step out, even if the world thinks that we're crazy, So that you can show the world how great you are. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, it's Adam again, and thank you for listening to this episode of our Sermon Podcast. And as you've listened, I hope that you've realized that sometimes following God will lead you down some pretty crazy paths. But those crazy paths are part of how God reminds us of who He is. So don't be afraid to be a little bit crazy when it comes to following God in your life. Now, in our next episode, we're going to be wrapping up our journey through the book of Joshua. And up to this point, we've talked about how we can follow God through some pretty wild circumstances. But the journey of faith isn't always about wild times. So next week, we'll be talking about following God through ordinary times, too. That episode will drop next Sunday afternoon, and if you subscribe to our podcast, it'll be sent straight to your favorite podcasting app. Now, as always, I'll be praying for you this week, and we'll see you back here next Sunday for another sermon podcast.